I want to share some thoughts with you this morning about the wonderful reality of you and I being the workmanship of God. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, I want to read just three verses of Scripture to begin our thoughts this morning. Beginning with verse 8, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for this wonderful gathering and for your presence among us. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the wonderful revelation of your word and the assistance of your Holy Spirit in illuminating our hearts with its truth. And we ask that during the course of these next few minutes, the Holy Spirit would help us to see even more clearly that wonderful truth and that we might grow in the Lord Jesus Christ, in his grace and in his truth. We ask this in his holy and wonderful name. Amen. Amen. You know, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Or as it says in the King James Version, have it more abundantly. Now, a superficial reading of that scripture without context and the understanding of all of God's word might cause someone to think that if we come to Christ and give our lives to him, this abundant life that he promises is a life of ease and comfort and no trials or difficulties or challenges before us in life if we are a follower of Jesus Christ. But that's not the abundant that Jesus is talking about. The abundant life that he is talking about, first and foremost, has to do with coming into a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, his son. That is an incredibly enriching experience in life and a sustaining reality in the life of someone who has put their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But this abundant life that Jesus Christ is talking about includes a transformation of our lives. You know, sometimes we hear the statement that the only difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is that the Christian is forgiven and the non-Christian is not. But to be a Christian means far, far more than to be forgiven of our sins. Now, that's the foundational truth of Christianity. And it's a wonderful, marvelous, absolute necessity for us to receive eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that is to be forgiven of our sins by virtue of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. But then Christ places his Holy Spirit within us. He gives us the truth of his word in the family of God. And he wants us then to grow in him, to be transformed, for our lives to change into that abundant life that Christ promised us. And the abundant life, in, in an effort to, to describe that, I've 
I've fallen upon three particular thoughts. First of all, the abundant life that Jesus Christ is talking about includes the development of a Christ-like character in you and me, the transformation of our nature. And second, it includes discovering the wisdom of God's Word, living according to the truth of God's Word, and becoming stewards of our lives, and all that God places in our lives according to the wisdom of God's Word. It enriches our lives. It makes our lives so much better. When our human relationships are, are, are stewarded upon the truth of God's Word, and husbands love their wives the, the way that Jesus loved the church and gave Himself up for the church, and we steward our health, and we steward our finances, and we steward our natural abilities, and our jobs, and our incomes, and et cetera, according to the wisdom of God's Word. And that leads us into a life that is full and rich and wonderful. And then the third thought has to do with learning and discovering the wonderful reality of serving God where He has called us to serve Him. And for each and every one of us, that is a unique place in life. We are like a body, the Bible tells us. Each and every one of us like a different member of the human body with a different task, different abilities, and different opportunities, and etc., to serve the Lord Jesus Christ in this world. And so he develops his nature within us as we yield to his truth. He develops his plan and purpose in our lives, and he helps us to live life wisely. This is the abundant life that Jesus has for us, and it culminates in eternity when we enter his kingdom in all of its glory and of its wonder. Now, this process of change and transformation that God wants to occur in our lives happens in some very practical and real ways. And that's what I want to outline for us today from God's Word. First of all, God transforms us by changing our hearts. He changes our hearts by placing His Holy Spirit within us. The Bible says he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And when we come to Christ and repent of our sins and place our faith in him as Lord and Savior, the Scripture teaches us that he places his Holy Spirit within us and he renews us. He regenerates us. As it says in another text, we are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have become new in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is foundational to the change that God wants for our lives. In fact, if this doesn't happen in a person's life, then the change isn't going to happen at all. It begins here, it ends here, in the presence of God living within us, in the person of His Holy Spirit, moving us in the direction that He wants us to go in this life. And the Scripture tells us, be filled with the Spirit. And I encourage you, in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, 
Keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. Open your heart and your mind to the presence of God. Welcome Him once again into your life every morning. Receive the Holy Spirit with expectancy and with faith and be sensitive to His presence for His guidance, for His help, for His wisdom, for His comfort, for His strength in your life. He begins by changing our hearts. You know, as I've been seeking the Lord in recent days, one of the things that He has placed upon my heart is a certain pattern of prayer. I'm sure that you share with me great concern for the nation that we're living in and the things that are happening in our culture and society. And it just seems that our world is spinning further and further and further away from Judeo-Christian truth and embracing ideas and principles that in essence are evil and contrary to God's word. And we have a great deal of concern and the human heart is sinful and is desperately wicked apart from the presence of work of God in our lives. And I believe God has called upon me to be praying for a new spiritual awakening in America. And I would invite you to be praying that same way. Amen. Because we need God to change the hearts of men and women and to write upon their hearts His laws. And then it won't matter what the laws of the land are. We're going to live according to His truth and His wisdom. So pray for a great awakening and pray for a strong church in the midst of a future that may very well include persecution of Christians and of the church of Jesus Christ. And then pray for righteous leaders to arise in our land. Righteous political leaders, righteous leaders in academia, righteous leaders in business, righteous leaders that will have an impact and influence upon our nation that will be godly and will point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. But it all begins when God changes the human heart. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And the second way in which God transforms us is that he changes our minds with his word. He changes our hearts with his Holy Spirit, and he changes our minds by his word. In Romans chapter 12, it says... Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's so very important that we fill our minds with the truth of God's word for us to be transformed in the way God wants to transform us. When I uh, was going to college, I went to the University of Colorado. I was a Christian. At that point in time, God had not called me into the ministries yet, and so I was heading toward a career in electrical engineering. And one of the courses that I took in that University of Colorado campus was in English literature. And my professor in that particular class made it a point to try and destroy the faith of any young person that came into his classroom. 
He would ridicule Christianity. He would try to deconstruct Christianity intellectually. He would try to damage, if not destroy, the faith of Christian young men and women in his classroom. And I was very fortunate in the providence of God at that time to be a part of Denver First Assembly of God Church. And my pastor was a man by the name of Vern Cruz. And Vern Cruz was a great student of God's Word and a wonderful preacher and teacher of God's Word. And every time I would assemble with the body of Christ on Sunday and Wednesday night and I would hear the teaching and the preaching of God's Word, I was being transformed intellectually. And in those days in my life, because I believed what the Scripture said about if we hide God's Word in our hearts, He'll even make us wiser than our teachers, I thought, well, if I'm going to excel at the university, I need to be putting God's Word in my heart. And every morning, I would spend the first 30 minutes of my day reading the Scripture and praying at my little desk in my bedroom before I would go off to the classroom. And I discovered that I had, as a result of that wonderful teaching of my pastor and the result of the study of God's Word, I had, consequently, the information and the education that I needed to reassure me of the credibility of my faith in Jesus Christ. Transforming faith is intellectually credible. And when you take the Word of God into your mind, study it and understand it, and when you come together with God's people to be discipled in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, friend, that is a key ingredient in transforming your life into the person that Jesus Christ wants you to be. So God transforms us by changing our hearts with His Holy Spirit, by changing our minds, with his word, and then he changes our relationships by placing us in the church. For we are all baptized, the Bible says, by one spirit into one body. That's the body of Christ. And so when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, though your name may not be on the membership roster yet at Life Church or the local church where you live, you are now a part of the church of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit has placed you into that spiritual family. And that's very important to you and me. It's very important to God. The scripture also tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And we're seeing today the day approaching, I believe. Oh, how I love that last song that we sang this morning. What excitement filled my heart as once again I reflected on how much I long to see Jesus Christ come back for his church. That is a glorious and wonderful truth and hope that we all embrace. And as we await his coming, the scripture says, we are not to forsake the gathering of ourselves together. We need that so that we might encourage one another, it tells us, in this verse. Now, the scripture also says, do not be misled. 
bad company corrupts good character. And one of the things God does when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior is he places us in his church because he wants us to have these healthy relationships with people who share our faith in him, people that can encourage us in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, people that can help us with accountability in the manner in which we are living our lives, people that can help us grow and be discipled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, the church of Jesus Christ is so very, very important. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the church is important for many reasons, but not the least of which is the transformation of your life and mine. Relationships have a powerful influence on what we believe. Relationships have a powerful influence on how we behave. It's just a very practical matter of human psychology. And God created us, and he knows us better than anyone else could possibly know us. And he created this body, this assembly of people for our benefit and well-being. And we come together to worship God and to proclaim his word and to gather souls into the kingdom. But we also come together to encourage one another, to bless one another, to strengthen one another so that when we go back out into the mission field of this world for the following week, we are strengthened and better prepared to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. He changes our hearts. He changes our minds. He changes our relationships. This doesn't mean that we sever relationships with people who don't know Christ unless it's necessary because they somehow tend to overwhelm you in the wrong ways. But God wants us to have relationships with those who are lost and away from Christ so that we might love them and we might minister to them the wonderful truth of God's word. But those relationships that bring us life, those relationships that mold and shape us and strengthen us are to be found in the church of Jesus Christ. And then he changes our direction by giving us purpose in life, in all of life. Colossians chapter 3, 23 and 24 says, whatever you do, that's a comprehensive phrase, isn't it? Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. That's interesting. He wants to reward you and I for living out our faith in him in the ordinary, everyday, practical elements of life. And so when you go to work tomorrow morning, wherever that might be, maybe you're a plumber, maybe you're an engineer, maybe you're a custodian. I don't know what kind of a career path you may be on, but you can honor the Lord Jesus Christ where you work and bring honor to his name. And whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. You may not be very happy with your boss. You may not like your company very much, but you're there serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And Christ is now the central person of your life and everything you do. 
You do heartily as unto the Lord. You love your wife that way. You love your husband that way now. You love your kids that way, your parents that way. You take care of your car because you want to honor the Lord Jesus Christ and be a good steward even of such practical things as that. He changes our direction by giving us purpose in all of our lives. And we offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God. But furthermore, we discover in our walk with him the plan that he has for our lives. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which he created in advance for us to do before you were birthed from your mother's womb. God had a plan for your life. He'd already created works for you to do and they're unique to your life. They're unique to the gifts he's placed within you, to the history you've experienced, unique to the opportunities, the surroundings of your life. You have an opportunity to do something for Jesus Christ that Pastor Jim cannot do, that your neighbor sitting to your right or left cannot do. And when you discover and begin to put your hand to what the Lord wants you to do, you discover that abundant life and you discover such great meaning and purpose in life. He transforms us by changing our hearts, by changing our minds, by changing our relationships, by changing our direction. And last, he transforms us by changing our destiny with the gift of eternal life. In Romans chapter 6, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Peter said this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. And the scripture says, For those who have this hope within them, they purify them Selves. When you're looking for Jesus to come, it changes your life. When you live in that expectancy, it changes your behavior. It'll change your conversation. It'll change your attitudes. It'll change your relationships with other people. And God has designed in his wisdom to give us that wonderful promise of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's wonderful to look forward to his plans for us in eternity beyond the grave. Jesus Christ gives us hope for time and for eternity. He's in the process of transforming us today as we submit to his wisdom and will in our lives, and he is preparing us for a future in which we will rule and reign with Jesus Christ in his kingdom. You know, when I was a little guy, I can remember in the church that we would sing a lot of songs about heaven and a lot of songs 
about the coming of Jesus Christ for His church. And then as the years went by, it seemed that that particular teaching and understanding of God's Word sort of was put on the back burner. And we weren't singing the songs of heaven and the songs of Christ coming so much. And we weren't hearing very many sermons, at least not perhaps in the same number as we had uh, in earlier years about these eternal, wonderful truths that the Scripture reveals to us. And then I've noticed in recent days, in just recent years, there has been a regenerating of interest in the church in eternal matters, in heaven, the coming of Christ, the promise of Christ's kingdom being fully revealed uh, to his children and ultimately on this earth. And I've concluded this, that in those years past, when so many people had to struggle so hard to make ends meet. My parents, a lot of your parents, the product of the Depression and those that fought in World War II and et cetera, life was hard and they had this wonderful, joyful hope of an eternity with Jesus Christ and so they found solace and strength for every day in that promise and then the years of prosperity came into our nation and uh, Christianity was popular and it was a good thing to be a Christian and so forth and life was pretty good in a lot of ways and so we weren't thinking so much about eternity as we were about now and what lay ahead in just the next few days in our future but now as we see our world turning away from God in even greater ways I think it is stirring in our hearts once again a yearning for the full revelation of the kingdom of Christ, for righteousness and truth and goodness to prevail and for Jesus Christ to be on the throne of every human heart. And so we rejoice in this wonderful truth and that is a product of God's will and God's plan. He wants you to live with that blessed hope in your heart because it will change you and it will help you grow in Christ and to be all that he wants you to be and that he has for you in this life and in the life beyond. For by grace are you saved. Praise God for grace. It is the product of Christ's work and our willingness to believe and then we become his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And so, ladies and gentlemen, put all of your heart into these factors that God has set before us. You know, the Bible says, Paul puts it like this to the Ephesian church, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And here's how you do it. It's by the change the Holy Spirit brings to your heart and the change God's word brings to your mind and the change that God's people brings to your relationships and the change of purpose that the centrality of Christ brings into your life and the change of your hope 
which is now eternal. It doesn't diminish as the years go by and the grave approaches. It only gets brighter and greater and more magnanimous as you consider all that Christ has for you. And friends, I earnestly desire for you, for all of us, that we would know Christ and that we would grow into all that he has for us in this life and in eternity. Amen. God bless you. Here at Life Church, we pray that you have a blessed week. Please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or you can always go to lifechurchutah.com.